0: No! Uh-huh.
1: you, grateful to be a child of the King. Amen. Let's stand together, continue our great time of worship this morning. Mercy there was great and grace was free in Calvary. Years I spent in you are holy. We're so grateful for your mercy, your blessings, your grace. Father, thank you for this past week of BBS, lives that were touched and changed and impacted for eternity. Father, thank you that we were able to see your hand at work through your people this week. Loving on kids, Father, we bless your name today. We rejoice. We celebrate today. Father, we pray that you would be with our pastor today as he comes to share with us what you would have us to hear today. Father, use us this week for your honor and for your glory as you send us out every day to be Jesus to someone. Father, bless our time together today. Our prayer is that as you've looked down in this place and heard praises sung to you, Father, that you've been pleased today. This is our worship to you today. We thank you, we love you, we praise you in your son's name,
2: amen. Amen. Thank you, church family. Uh, Be seated. Thank you once again for being here this morning. I love singing these great hymns of the faith, and I know you do too. Uh, This morning, our attention is going to be on Vacation Bible School, and rightly so. I want to continue the celebration that was ours this past week through VBS here at First Baptist, and I want to express just my thanks to so many people. Um, there are so many moving parts and important volunteers that make up a VBS team. From those serving snacks to those those doing recreation, uh, to those helping with registration, the shepherds are so vital to what we do. Bible story teachers, crafts, um, all of those areas. And then you have to have the people that get covered in slime. Those are also very important, right, Kathy, um, to the effort. Um, and I just want to thank all of you that were a part. You're you're such a blessing, and thank you for seeing this ministry as central to who we are. Also, you may not know we have a dream team that begins working on VBS. That's our planning committee, our VBS dream team. I don't have all of those names, but we'll get those printed in the worship guide for us so that we can know who they are. But if you're a part of that group, Thank you. And then last, and certainly saving the most important to last, Kathy and Bobby and their two boys did such a great job. Please join with me today in thanking her and Bobby again for all that they did. Well, I want to piggyback off of the central lesson of Vacation Bible School um, this morning in our sermon and I want us together to talk about our incredible, our inventive, our meticulous, our imaginative, um, our creative, ingenious, artistic, precise creator God. Friend, our God is an astounding creator. Our God is an inspiring creator, and to get at this this morning, I I took some time just to try to take a step back as part of the creation and just think about the, the, the magnitude of the creation around us. And I want to talk a little bit about outer space and our solar system. I'm not sure if you know this, but in 1968, an Apollo 8 astronaut named Bill Anders took a picture of the earth from his spacecraft that looked a lot like the one on the screen before you today. Uh, Looking back into outer space, Anders said these words of planet earth, he said it was the only color I could see in the entire universe. And folks, there's a reason that Anders said that, because our world is remarkably designed for life. Scientists have determined that we are in the Goldilocks region of our sun. You say, Pastor, where does that term come from? Well, pretty obvious. You remember the story of Goldilocks and the three bears. I once heard it told like this, by the way, Oldilocks and the, and the, and the B-Thrares. Really fun way to hear the story. But Goldilocks and the three bears, you remember the story, Papa Bear's chair was too hard, Mama Bear's chair was too soft, but Baby Bear's chair was just right. Papa bear's porridge was too hot. Mama bear's porridge was too cold. Baby bear's porridge was just right. And thus it is for us in the distance we are from the sun. We're not too far. We're not too close. We're just right. We're in the Goldilocks region. That's the way some scientists refer to it. If we were much closer to the sun, we'd be cooked to death. If we were much further away, we'd be frozen solid. And and so we understand that the earth is uniquely designed for life. Now add to that this, if during its next orbit around the sun, the earth were to deviate by only a fraction of an inch every 20 miles or so, we would either fry or freeze to death within a year. And that's how unique and spectacularly privileged our orbit is around the sun. Oh, He is the Goldilocks creator. Somebody say amen to that. In fact, our planet is, is tilted with regards to the sun in a very Goldilocks kind of way. As the earth revolves around the sun, it does so at a constant 23 degrees on its axis. And because of that tilt, as we know it, our planet is able to support far more life than if it were perpendicular. If the earth wasn't tilted, the poles would be colder, the the equator would be hotter, and less of the earth's surface would be livable. And so once again, we can say he's a dynamic, precise creator. And so if the earth weren't enough, now let's add the moon, okay? Okay. Our moon seems to be a lifeless dust ball in the sky. And if you think that's what it is, you're right. That is what it is. But even though the the moon is roughly the same distance from the sun as we are, its temperatures range from 214 degrees above zero to 243 degrees below zero. And thus, no life can exist there. But if it weren't for that lifeless, hot, and cold moon... Our oceans would be dead. The moon's magnetic attraction on earth creates the tides of our oceans. If the moon were much bigger or closer, the ocean tides would overwhelm us with repeated waves the size of tsunamis. If it were much smaller or further away, tides would almost be non-existent in life, and life in the ocean would be impossible. So these are just a few of the reasons, right, that we can see and know that there is design in creation. We serve, we know, we can be reminded of an incredible creator, friend. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now, I'm excited to talk about this today, so take your Bibles with me. And let's go, obviously, to Genesis chapter 1. Let's stand together in honor of the text today. Some of our favorite texts in the scripture, Um, anybody who has been on a campaign to read the Bible through, you at least made it through Genesis 1, right? And so we're all there together. All right, from the New International Version today, Genesis chapter 1, we're reading the whole thing. Here we go. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. And God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning the second day. God made two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God set them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good. And there was evening and there was morning the fourth day. And God said, Let the water teem with living creatures, and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky. So God created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, be fruitful and increase in number and fill the water in the seas and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening and there was morning the fifth day. And God said, let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to its kind, and it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds, and God saw that it was good. Then God said, "'Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea.'" And then God said, I give you every seed bearing plant on the face of the whole earth and every tree that has fruit with seed in it. This will be yours for food. And to all the beasts of the earth and the birds of the air and all the creatures that move on the ground, everything that has breath of life in it, I give every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw that he had, met all, saw all that he had made. And it was what? Very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth Day. Let's finish the verse of uh, chapter number two. Thus the heavens and the earth were completed in all their vast array. Friends today, church family, we serve a dynamic, inventive, unbelievable, unfathomable creator God. And all God's people said, Amen. Be seated Now, I hope you love this narrative as much as I do. Because what this narrative tells us and what it reminds us of today is that God's creativity is limitless. His power and creative design are on display throughout the world and beyond. If you ever want to convince someone there is a creator, just show them the creation, right? From the smallest particle of DNA... To the largest nebula in our galaxy, God's infinite creativity is used to bring glory to himself and to make himself known. And you heard the emphasis I was giving it because I believe the most important words in Genesis 1 are the portions that declare human beings as the crowning jewel of the creation. He said that he created and it was good. He created and it was good. He created and it was good. But then he creates man and woman and he says, say it together, it was very good. So please know this. God made you. God made you. He's the master artist. He is the master designer. Just Look at your amazing human body. You may say it's not as amazing as it used to be, but but that's okay. Think about the incredible creation that it is. Uh, Let me tell you some additional statistics. Did you know every second your human body produces 25 million new cells? That means in 15 seconds you'll have produced more cells than there are people in the United States. That's ridiculous. There is anywhere between 60,000 to 100,000 miles of blood vessels in the human body. If they were taken out and laid end to end, they would be long enough to travel around the world more than three times. That's in one single human body. Pound for pound, your bones are stronger than steel. A block of bone the size of a matchbox can support up to 18,000 pounds of weight. Let me give you three other little snippets. When listening to music, your heartbeat will sync with the rhythm. Oh, You can't breathe and swallow at the same time. Now you're going to be trying to do it the rest of the sermon. I never should have said it. And then on average, the human body contains enough iron... To make a nail one inch long. Folks, it should remind us of Psalm 139. Listen to these profound words from the psalmist. He said, I am fearfully and wonderfully made. My frame, he says, he's talking to God, my frame was not hidden from you when I was made in the secret place. So let's let's march through several things we ought to say today. First, we've already said it, I'm going to say it again. God is a creative creator. Two quick things I want to say about that. God's the only one who can truly make something out of nothing. Now, I'm not going to do a Hebrew word study with you, but just trust me when I tell you In Genesis chapter 1, when it says God created, it uses the words in Hebrew, ex nihilo. Alright? It means God created out of nothing. He started with nothing and then he made everything. He engineered existence when nothing existed. He's the only one who has the power to do that. We have some creative people in this room. You make a lot of things, but you don't make anything out of nothing. You make something out of something. Right. The second thing, in the book of Genesis, it's not the only text that teaches about creation. Take your Bibles again and go to Psalm 33. Because there's a second text that really always gets my attention along these lines. It's Psalm 33, 6 through 9. Listen to what the psalmist says here. Psalm 33, 6 through 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made. Their starry host by the breath of his mouth. He gathers the waters of the sea into jars. He puts the deep into storehouses. Let all the earth fear the Lord. Let all the people of the world revere him. For he spoke and it came to be. He commanded and it stood firm. Amazing, right? By God's word, the heavens were made. By his very breath, the stars were formed. God speaks. And the most stunning, unearthly, complex, complicated things come into being. But now let me say this. We can marvel at the earth and the stars and the solar system and the moon and the human body. But I, I think I'm right. Go with me if you will. I think in all of this magnificence, all of its grandeur, the most amazing thing God created... Was purpose. God created purpose and God created with purpose. Are you with me? Three things. One of the major purposes for God's creation is to make himself known to us. Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 14 says, For the earth will be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord as the waters cover the sea. So His creation was really to do one thing, reveal Himself. The second thing, God designed a purpose, a plan for people to be in relationship with Him. Now, do you know how that happens? Can you be in relationship with God to the level that He wants you to be in relationship with Him by just going out fishing or going hiking in a beautiful scenery? Not exactly. A relationship, this purposed relationship with God can only come to you through Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus said clearly, John fourteen 6, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except He come through me. If you're here, you're watching online today, you say, I want a relationship with the one who created me. You'll only get it through Jesus. It's only through Christ. And then the third thing to add to that, Jesus is the absolute dead bullseye center of God's design and plan. I want you to look at your screen with me this morning. We have a a picture that you probably recognize. Who painted this? Anybody? Da Vinci, right? Leonardo da Vinci painted this. It's called The Last Supper. And he designed the painting where Jesus, the entire piece, is to draw the human eye. Do you know where it's supposed to draw it? To Jesus' forehead. Da Vinci painted it so that all the lines would draw us unto Jesus. If you want to look at the other characters... According to Da Vinci, because of the patterns of human sight, it'll be, it'll draw you back to Jesus every single time. Jesus is literally the center of the painting. It was the artist's design. It was the artist's intention. And folks, that's exactly how God designed life to be fully enjoyed. Everything should draw our hearts, our mind, our eyes, nowhere else but to Jesus Christ. Jesus is the center of God's ultimate purpose, design, and plan. All right? God created purpose. God created with purpose. Jesus is at the center. Let me give you a third idea. We fulfill our purpose only in Jesus. If you want to know your purpose, if you want to fulfill your purpose, you'll only do it in Christ. Several things, again, I want to mention here. First is that God knows you. Now, for some people I've found across the years, they're going, oh no, <laughs> God knows me. But, but it's always been a comfort. I think it can be and should be for you. The one who created you, he knows you, right? It's humbling to think about the God who created all the things I was just mentioning, all of those perfect Goldilocks issues. God did all that, and yet God knows you intimately. He knows your name. He knows your heart. He loves you. Only through Jesus can you discover God's love. Only through Christ can you discover your purpose in this life. Uh, The second thing I want to add to that is finding your God-given purpose starts when you surrender your life to Jesus and follow Him. How do you do this? You do this by repenting of your sin. You turn from your way of living to God's way of living, to a life where you say, I'm in charge, to a life of dependency where you say, no, Jesus Christ is in charge of me. It's trusting the work of Jesus on the cross. That's biblical salvation. You're not going to find it anywhere else, as I said earlier, but in Jesus. Listen to 2 Timothy 1 9. It says, He has saved us and called us with a holy calling. Not according to our works, but according to his own what? Purpose and grace, which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time even began. Let me give you a third thing. Many of us in this room are Jesus followers. And, and I really enjoy using that term. When I, when I get outside of a context where I'm not the pastor, I love to just tell people, well, who are you? Well, I'm a follower of Jesus. Because that's what I really am. It's what you are. As a Christ follower, here's my point, no matter what talent or gift God has given you, it was given so that you can make God known through it and bring Him glory. So don't ever forget, and we have a world that tries to beat us down, I, I, I understand that, don't ever forget that you're God's masterpiece. You are very good. He created you brand new. If you're in in Christ, he created you brand new in Christ Jesus. He transformed you into a new creation. And he did that so that you can do good things that he planned for you to do long ago. Before time even began, the text tells us. So the point here is that we fulfill our purpose only in Jesus. So let's move to completion, all right? We started by saying that God is the Goldilocks creator. I don't think you've ever heard that phrase before. I think you heard it right here first. That God is the Goldilocks creator. He's the one who made everything just right. But in closing, I want to leave us with another emphasis on the topic of purpose. So we learned that God created purpose. He created with purpose. But now I just want to ask you. What's your purpose? God has one for you. What's your purpose? There's a story about a greyhound race. And in the U.S. society, I'm sure it happens around the world, there's some people who love to go watch these greyhound races. It attracts crowds from all over the country. Some like to go there and and place a bed and this type thing. And, And they love watching these sleek dogs run as fast as they can around the track. But the big difference is, unlike horse racing, the greyhounds, they don't have a jockey. All right? So to keep them going in the right direction, what do they do? They send out a mechanical rabbit that buzzes around the track in front of them. All right? There is an operator, a man in the press box, who electronically controls the speed of that rabbit. And so the dogs, they never catch up to the rabbit. They're always chasing it, leading them to top speed to the finish line. Well, the Florida track several years ago, the dogs were crouched. They were ready to go in their starting gates. Okay, And the gun went off. And the man in the press box, he he pushes his lever forward and the electronic rabbit, it started just blazing there in front of the dogs down the track. The first stretch was going perfectly. The dogs were racing after the little rabbit, and as the rabbit made the first turn, there was an electrical short causing the rabbit to come to a screeching halt. It exploded. It burst into flames. All that was left was this black stuff hanging off the edge of a wire when it stopped burning. And when the rat, with the rabbit gone, true story, the dogs had no clue what to do. According to news reports, several dogs stopped running. They laid down on the track with their tongues hanging out. They were exhausted. Two dogs, so frenzied, right, started to chase their tail. Another couple ran into a wall, still, still so worked up by the race, they broke several ribs. And the rest, they just turned to the stands and started howling at the people. And not one dog finished The race. What's the point? They lost their purpose. So what's your purpose? What are you chasing after? What's in front of you that you're going for? Today the message is very simple. Get to know the God who created you. Let the purpose for which he made you become your purpose too. And if you do that, you'll find yourself also in the Goldilocks position. You'll be just.